Some years ago, we used to, some of the pastors used to gather together once a month. And um, quite often it was here and actually here in this room. And uh, actually pastors and leaders of various types. And um, that's where I met John Grant as he was at that time over at College Hills Church of Christ ministering with them. I'll read more about that in a moment. But And he was beginning a ministry that he would tell us about during those meetings. And, uh, and so that's been 12 years ago that th- that started taking place. And uh, I'll just read you this. Uh, it says, uh, John Grant is serves as a minister and executive director of Compassionate Hands, a network of Wilson County churches offering winter shelters and year-round services to neighbors needing housing. Uh, before that, uh, John has 13 years of congregational ministry with College Hills Church of Christ, where he worked with small groups, spiritual formation, and community outreach. Uh, John also trained spiritual directors through Lipscomb University. John and his wife Amy have lived in Wilson County since 2005. They have three daughters, one son-in-law, and two granddaughters. And uh, I, I know that you've probably heard of Compassionate Hands uh, you'd be, if you move around Wilson County very much, you have to be deaf and blind to not. Uh, Cheryl one day went down to Wilson Bank to make our deposit and they were doing a fundraiser for Compassionate Hands. And I opened up Wilson Post not long ago and there was an article about and by John in Compassionate Hands. And so, uh, but I wanted him to come today and share with us what's going on with this ministry. Uh, for multiple reasons. Certainly we are going to receive an offering before we leave here today. <clears throat> and that is part of the reason. But one of the main reasons I wanted John to come is because uh, we are often, or always, uh, many of us are always looking for a place to serve. Uh, we can't give ourselves some, uh, sometimes to a full-time thing, but we're always looking for somewhere we can put our hand to the plow. And uh, Compassion Hands is certainly a good place to do that. And so I wanted John to help us today and understand what he, what he and what they need and what we could do, what you could do in in uh, uh, serving the community by serving at Compassionate Hands. So, so I told you last Sunday, we, Abundant Life Church, we support Compassionate Hands along with a lot of other ministries every month. And we'll continue to do so. Uh, so, but we, but they all, they still need funds. It takes money to move things. But uh, today, I just want you to welcome John. Come on up, John Grant. Let's welcome the man of God as he comes. Thank you, Luke. Thank you. Thank you so much, Larry, for that kind introduction and for your faithful ministry here. Um, th- those gatherings where I first met Larry, he was actually leading that where he would call together the ministers of this community for a monthly luncheon and just to encourage one another, pray for one another. Uh, there's a lot of communities where the churches are in competition with each other. It's really amazing in Wilson County how the churches have a spirit of support and love for one another. And a big reason is because of people like Larry, who helped build friendships among the ministers. And when the ministers like each other, it's kind of like the churches can play together better. So uh, Larry has been a huge influence for good in Wilson County. So uh, thank you for your faithful ministry. And thank you to uh, the Abundant Life Church. You guys, yeah, have been financial supporters of Compassionate Hands for many years. 
Um, and just this is just a great church that blesses this community. Um, just driving into the campus today, it's just such a beautiful church campus. Uh, everything's so well done. And Larry was bragging on the musicians. And I'm like, and now that I've been here, it's like, yes, wow, the, the music was such a blessing today. That's right. He, he he said it was nothing to do with him. He just said God had blessed this church with so many talented musicians and uh, how you guys serve with such a sweet spirit. And that blessed me today. Um, I just love that that image of God's goodness running after me. Like I'm over here and God's running after me. His goodness is running. Not not he's running after me. I love that song. So thank you guys uh, for blessing uh, me and all of us with uh, the sweet music, sweet worship. I want to talk about compassionate hands um, and how you might get involved. But before we go there, I think it's important to start with the Word of God. Uh, be sure um, to uh, feast on God's Word. So we're going to look at Luke 10, uh, the story of the Good Samaritan. Luke 10, if you'd like to turn with me, it's uh, verse... I'm going to start in verse 25, kind of put it in in context. This is the story of four men who traveled down a dangerous road. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, what's written in the law? He replied, how do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, did you notice he got that right? When Jesus was asked, what are the greatest commandments? That's exactly what Jesus said. So like this guy, he, he's, he's on the right path. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this, you'll live. But... He wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, well, well, who is my neighbor? And in reply, Jesus said, hmm. Well, there was a man going down from Jerusalem down to Jericho. You always went down from Jerusalem because it was on a mountaintop. Going down from Jerusalem to Jericho. When he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes and beat him, went away, leaving him half dead there on the side of the road. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and he saw the man. He passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him pass by. On the other side. But. A Samaritan. A despised Samaritan. As he traveled. Came to where the man was. And when he saw him. He took pity on him. He went to him. And bandaged his wounds. Pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. 
The next day, he took out two denarii. This isn't just two, two nickels. Like, this is two days wages. Think $200 in our money. Took out two denarii. And gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. So, which of these three men do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the man who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Let's let's pray just as we meditate on this scripture. Thank you, Lord, that you see us when we're in the ditch and your goodness comes running after us. Thank you for being that kind of God. Thank you for the invitations to serve that you place before us each day. Lord, we confess that there are days when we uh, turn the other way and miss the opportunities you give us. And Lord, there are days when we get it right, when we do serve and bless. And we pray that we'll be like that more and more often each day. Uh, Thank you for Jesus, for his wisdom for his invitation to each of us to be people of compassion, to serve in practical ways, to be focused on you. We pray these things in the name of Jesus and by the power of the Spirit. Amen. So these four men were taking a big risk. Each traveled a dangerous road, knowing it was dangerous. The road, you you imagine a mountain road has lots of switchbacks and these guys were each traveling the alone. This road was known as a place where there were rough characters who would hang out in those corners that nobody could see. So all these, all four men were taking a risk by traveling this dangerous road alone. The first man was the victim, robbed, beaten, left in the ditch. Can you relate? Being left in the ditch. I mean, life is hard. Howard and I were talking about just this morning. Life is hard. This is a broken world where where sometimes they're just mean people and bad situations where we just get beat up. We just happen to be at the wrong place at the wrong time, and life is hard. Other times we're on the side of the road because we've made bad choices. Can you relate to that? That, well, yeah, I am here beat up on the side of the road, but I kind of did this to myself to get me here. Either way, our choices are just tough life. We can all find ourselves beat up, left on the side of the road. That's how it is for the homeless people that we serve with compassionate hands. Uh, They are beaten up. They are battered by life. Many of them have made bad choices. Probably a third of the people we serve uh, are homeless because of an addiction that's out of control. A third are homeless because of mental illness that's untreated. And a third are homeless just because life is hard. 
They lost a job. They went through a divorce. They had a fight with a roommate. They went through a hospitalization. Uh, I read the statistic that this huge percentage of Americans are about two paychecks away from financial disaster. That we're, we're just getting by. And if you lost your job for a month, lost your income for two months, a lot of us would be in a bad spot. And housing prices are only getting higher. Last winter, we served 164 people. They spent at least one night with us. Uh, that's a lot of people in the second wealthiest county in Tennessee. About half of them are our people. They're not just transients coming through I-40. They're, they're about half of them went to Mount Juliet High School or Lebanon High School. They, they would. It's so funny. We'd say, well, well where's home? They'd say, well, I'm Mount Juliet. They're homeless, but Mount Juliet is home. Um, so about half of the people we serve are local people. Now, the other half, they are transient. They're coming through. Um, and, you know, those that are just going through because of a bad situation, just they had a blow up with the roommate, went through a divorce, lost housing. A lot of those, that third, we can help them get into housing pretty quickly. Uh, we In mid-November, when the dikes went down below 25 for a week, uh, we went on and opened emergency shelters. We usually open December 1st through March 15th. But uh, in November, every year we get to do a couple of nights of bonus shelter, we call it, sort of our soft opening. Uh, this winter, seven nights of bonus shelter. Never had to do that many nights because it was so cold so long in November. But there was a guy there that uh, he had come down from New Jersey, and uh, his sister, I think, lives in Hartsville. He was going to work on some building projects in Hartsville, and he already had a plane ticket to go back to New Jersey um, and... But he had he had just gotten kicked out of his sister's house. He stayed with us four nights because he had to figure out how to get down to the airport. He didn't have a car, so we helped him find a ride. Um, he, he needed help figuring getting online to figure out how to transfer his plane ticket. So he would stay with us four nights and then took his plane to New Jersey. But those four nights, he had no place to stay. He could have been you or me. He, he worked. He just got into a bad situation with a family conflict. So lots of folks, lots of reasons they're homeless. And we can all relate to being on the side of the road. A couple of other men in the story, the priest and the Levite, the preacher and the worship pastor, right? <laughs> That's the priests were the leaders of the, wor- of the Israelite worship. The Levites, they were the musicians, the ones that did the services at the temple. So a preacher and a worship pastor. They come along, they see the man, and they go right on by. How did that happen? Could be cold-hearted. Could be afraid. Like, remember, this is a dangerous road. And, well, maybe this is a trap. Uh, maybe they were just busy. Like, maybe they had to get up to worship. Like, I'm leading worship tonight. I've got to get there. I, I don't have time to stop. Whatever reason, whether they were busy or afraid or distracted or uncertain, uh, they bypassed this invitation to serve that God had put right in front of them. They went to the other side of the road. They saw the problem and avoided the problem. Now, can you relate to that? Are there times where you see, ooh, maybe I ought to do something to help in this situation, but I, I don't want to get involved in that. That's going to be too complicated. I mean, what do you do when you see the guy holding the sign at the interstate? 
that's a tough thing. Do I do I give them money? Do, do I give them food? Do I do I what do I do? And we face these dilemmas where we don't quite know how to serve. And a lot of times we're so busy with church activities that we don't serve in places that God calls us to serve. So I don't want to be too hard on the priest and the Levite because that's been me so many times where I just didn't know what to do, how to start, how to help. We've been there, though. We can relate to those two guys. And then the hero of the story, the Samaritan, the unlikely hero, the despised minority. It was shocking when Jesus says, oh, and then there's this other guy, a Samaritan, who did the right thing. That was shocking when Jesus told that story, that a Samaritan was compassionate. Can you relate to that guy, that there are some times that you've served well, that you did stop your busy day to help someone in need? That there was an annoying coworker and nobody else would be kind to that coworker and you were kind to that coworker? Or, or there was just a situation where it was going to be tough, but you went on and served. You went on a mission trip and you got out of your comfort zone and you served. You took that time and you stopped. And praise God those days when we get it right. So that's the day, that's the way we want to be. That's who Jesus holds up as the story, as the hero of the story. So which of the people, which of these three were you this week? Were you beaten up? Was this a hard week? Life left you laying in the ditch? Probably some folks. This was a rough week. Every week's rough. Were there you there times where God put an invitation in front of you to help and you were just too busy or you just didn't want to get involved? Or maybe this week you did something good and you feel pretty good. You know, that, that actually felt good to help someone. So there's another person in the story. We don't notice that person, but this person had a significant role. Uh likely a husband and wife team, the innkeepers. They were just doing their job. They were just doing their job, and all of a sudden a stranger shows up with a guy that's battered and bruised on a donkey, and, and they're like, hey, would you take care of this guy? So they're like, okay, sure. They were paid for doing this work that was set before them. They just showed up, went to work, opportunity shows up, and they said yes. They never left home. The opportunity came to them. With compassionate hands, we think of ourselves as the innkeeper. The way we relate, this is like our core story. So like our, our logo is two coins, two silver coins is our logo. Because we imagine Jesus bringing battered people to us. Right here in Wilson County. We're not going to Honduras and Zimbabwe. Right here in Wilson County, Jesus is bringing battered people to us. And he says, here, take care of this person. Here's here's some money. Here's some resources to take care of this person. And if you need anything else, I'll take care of it when I come back. That has been such an amazing story to shape our ministry and to bless us and to guide us. Just to think that we're doing Jesus' work just right here at home. Not going overseas. We're right here at home 
Jesus is bringing us beaten, battered people. Maybe they're bad choices. Maybe just life was hard. And we just love them in the name of Jesus. And Jesus, he invites us to serve. He gives us the resources. And if we run into something where we don't know what to do, he promises he'll give it when we get, when he gets back. Next time through, he'll pay. He's been so faithful. So this ministry is incredible. Let me tell you how this has played out with Compassionate Hands. In 2012, there were a group of ministers, essentially, um, at, at the lunch that Larry mentioned, and then the, there was a group in Lebanon, a group of ministers that realized there were no services in Wilson County for homeless people. Somebody dropped by ALC on a Monday afternoon and said, hey, I need some place to stay. Larry might put them up at a hotel, but really didn't have a lot of options. Hotels get really expensive, and then you're responsible for any damage they might do to the room. So most of the churches in town said, we're not going to do hotel rooms anymore, but we sure do want to help. And so in 2012, the best thing we could offer is how about a ride down to the rescue mission, maybe down to Murfreesboro to the Salvation Army shelter. And a lot of the people would say, no, this is my home. I don't want to go down to Nashville. I don't want to go to Murfreesboro. I, I want to be here. So we started talking, coming together. We sensed this invitation from Jesus. There's a need in our community we need to serve. So we figured out, we got ourselves organized. Room in the Inn in Nashville trained us. Room in the Inn's been going since, I think, 1986, where churches open their buildings and people just stay in the churches. And then they've trained 35 communities around the nation to do the same thing, which is pretty cool. So if you go down and tour their facility, uh, they've got a list of the cities that they've trained. And right there you'll see Lebanon, Tennessee is on the wall uh, as one of the cities that they've trained. So um, we got training from them. In December 2013, we opened our doors. We had eight churches who said, okay, we'll each take a night. There were seven churches who said, we'll take one night a week for the men. And one church said, we'll take the ladies every night. That got to be too much for them. So the second winter, we had seven churches hosting men, seven churches hosting women. And it just grew. Uh, the first winter, the, the way we count our statistics is number of beds provided. So that first, so it's the first winter we provided 444 beds. So not 444 people, but 444 times somebody slept safely in a church building. And that number just grew and grew and grew. Last winter, it was uh, over 2,500 people who spent a night with us. Uh, was, you know that prayer of Jabez, when you serve well, God expands your territory. <laughs> We've prayed it. God did it. He was faithful. Uh, he keeps on expanding. Uh, third winter, we were up to 21 churches because we had so many men that we needed two churches to host the men, one church to host the women. Um, our average last winter was 20 men and five ladies per night was who stayed with us. Last night, we had 20 men and one lady. So um, that's good. We really don't want to have a lot of people who are homeless and staying with us. But uh, we're, uh, we're going strong. So it, that ministry, by 2018, there were 25 churches involved. And we realized this thing needs some full-time leadership. Um, I'd been at College Hills for 13 years and was ready for a new challenge, and it's just lined up. It's like, hey, maybe this is the time to, for me to make that change. Tell you what, that was a scary step to walk away from a large, established church, great financial resources, to go to work with a ministry that had never even fundraised, 
in, in 2017, I think our income was uh, $5,000. And here in 2018, it's like, I think I'm like, that's my full-time job. wonder if there will be groceries for the family. And God was so faithful. God has been so faithful. By, by the time I started in October, we had six months of salary in the bank for me. Like, God was so faithful. And he's been faithful, faithful, faithful all these years. 2019, we added a second staff member. Still had six months of operating expenses in the bank. 2020, uh, had, uh, you might have heard there was a tornado came through this neighborhood. Uh, we got involved in tornado relief. We'd never done that. But it's just, when, when you're a ministry with 40 churches working together by that time and a tornado hits your community, all your churches start calling and say, what do we do? Where do we serve? So uh, we got involved in tornado relief, uh, got a grant for that, hired a couple of caseworkers. Um, and it's just like God kept expanding. And as he invited us to serve in new ways, he gave the resources. Those two coins, do this work. Here's what you need. You need anything else? I give it when I come back by. He's been so faithful. Uh, also in 2020, there was a little pandemic. That was a crisis, a challenge. Well, what do you do? Nobody's meeting anywhere. Everybody's staying home. What, what do you do? You're keeping 20 people in a room this size. How do you do that? So we uh, had a group of church leaders who got together, met with some uh, faculty from Cumberland Nursing School and said, what do we do? How do you do homeless ministry in a pandemic? And figured out that uh, CDC, they recommended what you do is, number one, you keep serving. We decided, you know what? We're like law enforcement. We're like medical care. Our services are vital. We've got to keep serving. That was the first choice. Because it's like, you know, we could close down like everything else. There were shelters in America who closed down because they were afraid of the germs of the virus. It's like, we can't close down. It's more dangerous for our friends to be on the streets in freezing weather than it is to be in a shelter. So we wore masks for two years and we hated it. Hated it. So glad not to be wearing those masks anymore, but we wore masks because we love our neighbors. And CDC recommended large spaces that you could sanitize daily. It was, okay, that's great. All the churches are closed down. We'll just get a couple of church gyms, but we couldn't find those church gyms. The different churches like, well, we think we'll be opening back up in October. We think we'll be opening back up. And um, so we couldn't find a church gym. Uh, we did find the Glade Church down in Gladeville. They have a missions building. Uh, used to be like the youth building, but now it was just a, a classroom building that said, you could have this for the winter. So that was our women's shelter for the winter of 2020, 21. But we couldn't find a place big enough for the men. So we started looking for places to rent, found a couple of uh, large warehouse type places where people could really spread out. And then we figured out, ooh, fire marshal is going to want us to install sprinklers. That's $30,000 for a place you're only going to rent six months. It's like it doesn't make sense to rent, so let's see if we can buy something. And uh, a daycare in Lebanon came on the market September 1st. Who knew that a daycare would make a great homeless shelter? There's an emergency exit in every classroom. There's bathrooms all over the place. There's already a kitchen. There's already office space. So we uh, hit the market September 1st. We had a contract September 5th, and we bought. It was Kids World 2 on College Street, any of you familiar with Lebanon. Um, so we bought that and in a month's time flipped it in from a homeless, from a daycare into a homeless shelter. It was really cool. You know how daycares will have uh, little uh, potty rooms that connect to classrooms? 
that we turned two of those into showers. We had volunteers who came in. They, they enclosed one door and tiled in the entire potty room, added a shower. And so two of those potty rooms became shower rooms. Uh, we got a washer and dryer, commercial washer and dryer. And so in a month's time, we were able to flip that into a shelter. And December 2020, we opened up, continued to serve. Uh, and it was, it's just been amazing. We were, we had to add a third staff member. Now you got to manage a facility and God kept on providing. Um, that facility is going to be paid off by year end, which is astonishing. Uh, it was $750,000 that's going to be paid off in two years. What God, it's overwhelming how good God has been to us. Um, because it's the church of Wilson County working together. And when the church gets together, just amazing things happen. When the church acts like the church, when we really take our best resources to love our neighbors, God just blesses. And we're like, wow, okay, sure. Uh, 2021, government was giving out CARES Act money right and left, so we applied for a grant and got $900,000 over the last two years. <laughs> like, what in the world? Yeah, it's like, thank you, uh, Uncle Sam. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, and... Um, that enabled us to expand our staff from three to eight. And with the new staff, we were able to add caseworkers. And, so, and that really fulfills a long-term dream because we've said for years and years, okay, we're going to keep them warm and safe through the winter months. We'd really like to help them get into housing long-term. How do you do that? With that grant, we had caseworkers that their job was to meet with the people and say, okay, what do you need? Do you need an ID? Do you need a job? Do you need a ride to a job? Do you need medical care? And those caseworkers are meeting with people to help them get into stable income and then into stable housing. Uh, in the last year, we've helped, been able to help over 50 people get into housing of some kind. Some went to rehab. Some went to um, an apartment here locally. And some went, we helped them get a bus ticket to Mississippi to get reunited with their family. So um, those are the three ways we just, we've seen 50 people in the last year go from the streets of Wilson County into their next step. Now, some of them, they go to rehab, they bounce right back. <laughs> That's just part of how rehab goes. Re relapses are part of recovery. And you know what? When they come back and say, okay, I'm ready to try it again. We're, we're going to have a long, hard talk. Like, okay, last time you bounced in three weeks. What's different now? Like, we're really working with them. We're talking with them about their faith, talking with them about Jesus. We want you to get into housing. So our center is the Center for Hope and Renewal. Hope is just basic life services. You need a meal, here you go. You need a place to stay on a cold winter night, here you go. You need to wash your clothes, here you go. You need a bike to get to work, okay, we've got bikes. So that's hope. Renewal is when somebody says, I'm tired of living this way, I'm ready to make a change. That's where our caseworkers meet with the people and walk with them to take that next step. So God has just kept on blessing and blessing and blessing. Um, he keeps saying, okay, serve here. And we're like, I don't know how to do that, but okay. And as we do that, he blesses it. Right now we're looking at there's nothing for families. We can't house children in our center because we don't background check our guests, so it wouldn't be safe to have children staying overnight with our guests. So we're meeting right now with some, some, some more churches like, okay, 
we, this is not acceptable for families with children to be living in their cars. We've got to do something. So we're sensing that that's the next invitation. Or maybe transportation is another invitation because there's a lot of big factories all over Wilson County and big warehouses that have great jobs, 15 to $18 an hour. The problem is they're out 840. They're over on Maddox Simpson. There's no housing near those places. If you don't have a car, how are you going to get down to the warehouse on 840? We've got a real problem in our county with no transportation to where the jobs are. So that may be a, another thing that we're, that we're sensing God saying, okay, let's fix this transportation thing. Let's figure out a, some kind of ride share thing where people can get to work. So, so anyway, this past Thursday, we began our 10th season of winter shelter and, um, God just keeps on blessing. Uh, our, just a little bit of how the program works at four o'clock registration opens. We've got some volunteers there, uh, signing people in on the computer system, uh, they come in, they sit down, hang out, get a cup of coffee. A church group brings in dinner at 530. Uh, from 5 to 6, if you knew any talented musicians, you could come in and play, do some worship music. That would be a great time for people to come volunteer from 5 to 6. Uh, 630, the women go on the bus to their shelter. The men are there for the night. We have volunteers who stay overnight. We have volunteers who come in the next morning, bring in breakfast. At 7.30, the shelter closes officially, and the volunteers go home. Well, they'll straighten up, and then they head home. Weekdays, we stay open till 10 just because it's cold, and that's when our caseworkers are doing a lot of their work. So from 8 to 10, the caseworkers are meeting with people to help them develop their goals, take their steps. Uh, but the volunteers leave at 7.30. Through the day, we have people come in to wash all the linens, um, to get the place ready for the next night. So we need more volunteers. Uh, in the lobby, I brought a, put a couple of sheets. One just describes our ministry. The other describes volunteer opportunities. Then there's a third sheet. If you're interested just in learning more, you can just write, fill that out, give it to me with your name, contact info, and you can check some of those areas that are interesting to you. Um, but we could use uh, your help. Here's the thing that happens when you serve, like Jesus told you to. you got this great feeling that I've done something good here. You know, I, I see a lot of people that they're angry with the church. The church isn't doing anything. The church, we just, we just sit in the building and, and for an hour and nothing happens. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Have you not seen what God is doing when the church works together? So if, if you're frustrated with the church, you think the church isn't doing anything, Come hang out with the church of Wilson County at Compassionate Hands. You will be amazed. There are 50 churches working together to love our neighbors. And it's every denomination working together in love, cooperation. It is so sweet to see. You guys had a great phrase, practical demonstrations of God's love. That's what we do. We're doing the same thing, Larry. Practical demonstrations of God's love. I love that phrase. There's a lot of fear. Mm, gonna hang out with homeless people tonight. What's amazing is they're just people. And this was funny to me at first. They were afraid of us. <laughs> like, if, if I spend the night at your church, are you, am I gonna have to sit through a Bible study? Are you gonna make, you gonna baptize me before I can spend the, I'm like, no. So they were afraid of the church people. We were afraid of the guest. Now they're just friends. They're just people going through a hard time. The amazing thing, though, is like I've realized that there's a way I can serve and bless some people in deep, deep need. 
I'm not going to bypass. I'm not too busy. This is a way that I have some gifts, some ways that I can serve. So I'm going to serve. You're blessed as God uses you to bless others. That's the amazing miracle of ministry. So, Larry, I didn't think, ask how, to, how we're supposed to wrap up. <laughs> do you guys do an altar call or um, the various things? Well, um, okay, oh, well, all right. If, if that's, do you guys have questions about compassionate hands or homelessness in Wilson County? I'll, I'll stay all day and talk, so I don't want to keep you too long, but are there questions you'd like to raise with the whole group here? Some clothes, we, we really don't have a lot of space for clothing. And there are two uh, thrift stores really close to us. There's the Wilson County Help Center. They've got a whole shop, a whole room full of clothes. And then there's a place called Haven House. They've got a room full of clothes. So what we will do is somebody needs clothes, we'll give them a piece of paper that says, this person is a guest at Compassionate Hands. They'll take that paper up to the thrift shop, and the thrift shop will give them th- free clothes. So we just don't have room for storing the clothes. That's a great question. Mm-hmm. Free clothing. These these are two ministries that work with us. So good question. There are some ways that kids can serve. A lot of times kids will put together um, like bags of goodies maybe for Christmas. Um, so like if you wanted to put together like a Ziploc baggie and maybe put some hot hands in there and maybe chapstick and maybe some soft foods, some snack foods, um, you can give those out. Bring, you know, we'll have groups of kids. They'll bring 20 of those, 50 of those, 100 of those, and then we'll give them out to our guests as they need them. So there's ways that kids can serve. Yes? Yes, so uh, my question is... Um that uh, you mainly help the people, but you don't uh, do any uh, evangelizing. Is that? Correct? Oh no! Um, oh my goodness! Oh wow! We do evangelizing. Yes. Thank you for asking <laughs> you know, that. Or lead them to the Lord or anything. Absolutely. Like yes. What we don't want to do is you have to. We don't want to make mandatory compulsory worship because that doesn't work. Like you have to sit there and and listen to worship before you can be served. What we do is we show the love of Jesus in practical ways. And then they say, okay, you guys, you're, you're so kind. Why have you been so kind to me? And by showing the love of Jesus, then we can talk about the love of Jesus. Yeah, we, we have Bible studies. Uh, we, we had through the summer, we did, uh, lunches Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at noon. So Wednesday, I'm sorry, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So we would do a Bible class at 11, lunch at 12. On Wednesdays, we watched The Chosen. It was so cool to watch how they responded to that video series. There was one guy, he was like, well, if Jesus was helping all these people and doing so much good, why did they kill him? I'm like, yes, 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 you got it. So, yeah, we love to tell them about Jesus and connect them with churches. I mean, everyone that's serving, uh, well, we, the, our serving groups are the churches of Wilson County. So there are other volunteers that are not affiliated with the church, but it's like we're talking about the church. We're inviting them to church. So, um, and yes, we're talking about Jesus and we do this in the name of Jesus. Yes. So thank you. Thank you. I, that was an oversight that I didn't mention that. Thank you. Is there? Yeah. Uh, John, just a quick question. Two, two, two questions. One, did you say you're not taking any funding from the government? It's all from the churches. We, we did take the CARES Act money over the last two years that has run out. 
And yeah, now we're back to all dependent on local churches, foundations, individuals. Yes. Okay. So besides that grant. Then, yes, okay. that was yeah. a one-time thing. And we learned a lot. There, there's stipulations that come when you do government funding. You have to do a lot to uh, stay in, in the box that they told you you're, you're going to play in. So we're, we're, we are uh, are not going to apply for that again. We did apply for it again this past year, and we were turned down. And we're like, after doing the application, it's like, we were kind of relieved that they turned us down. So it's like, you know, we really don't need this. We've got the churches. We've got the community in a wealthy community. We can keep doing this. So good Great. question. That's awesome. And one other question. Are you seeing any kids come through your program? In the last year, we have seen more kids who are homeless uh, living in their cars. So the local schools have a program. Uh, it's actually a federal program called the McKinney-Vento Act, where every school, uh, one of the school counselors is assigned to be the McKinney-Vento person watching out for students in that school who are homeless or practically homeless. So, like, if you have a kid that they're with an uncle this month and then they're with these friends next month and they're couch surfing and the family's just going from place to place or this family's camping, the teachers will be the first ones to notice that Susie keeps falling asleep in class or Johnny's wearing the same clothes every day, every, you know, all week long. So the teachers are, they're the eyes. Teachers are supposed to tell the school counselors. So local schools, uh, Wilson County schools, most years will identify seven or 800 students who are housing unstable. They're not all in their cars, but they're unstable. And then Lebanon City will have about 300. That they'll, so about a 1,000 kids every year are flagged by the local schools as in a housing crisis. What we're seeing is rents are going up and people are losing housing. And that's re- or landlords, you know, realize, man, this property is appreciated so much. I'm just going to sell this and get out of the landlord business. I don't blame them. But the tenants lose their housing. Uh, somebody tears down, you know, substandard housing, but it was their home. Somebody tears down substandard housing and puts up three houses on that little lot and makes a lot of money. So the, the bigger economic picture is affecting families. So we've seen more families in the last year coming to us saying, we don't know what to do. We're, we're in our car. What do we do? And there are no resources in Wilson County right now. Uh, uh, Brooks House. Brooks House in Lebanon is amazing. They've got room for about 10 single moms. So we need room for probably three times, four times that. So we're, we're working on it. Yes. Hi, John. Um, how long do your uh, guests stay there? Is it days, weeks, months? And what is the goal to get them up and out and forward? They are welcome to stay uh, every night. Uh, now we close down during the day, so, uh, from 10 to 4, they're, they're out, and we're encouraging them, go find your, you know, your next housing, your next job, find where you need to go. But yeah, we, we have, uh, probably a 10% of our guests are chronically homeless, meaning they have stayed with us every winter, five, six winters. With, with all of them, there is an, an addiction, usually alcohol, um, and there's usually mental illness when they're long-term homeless. So we have, I mean, if they want to stay 105 nights this winter, we're ready to serve 105 nights this winter. Now, once March 15th rolls around, we really don't have anything. So we found that actually is a good thing that the housing ends March 15th because it's like 
long about February 15th, we see a dozen guys like, hey, I, I need help finding an apartment. We're like, we got you. So they're welcome to stay every night, all winter long. We're encouraging them to get into housing. So, yeah, there's that 10% that they're chronically homeless. We are the winter housing plan. I don't know what to do with those. But those are the ones that you send them to rehab and they bounce. We had a guy who's bounced out of rehab three times this summer. And it just breaks my heart. He's 68. He has health insurance. Uh, he doesn't need to be living on the streets. So, but our, our plan is our, our caseworkers on this renewal path, we call it, are walking with people who, if someone wants to get into housing, we'll help them get into housing. And whether it's getting them into rehab or getting that bus ticket to family out of town or um, helping them find an apartment. That day, apartments are getting harder and harder to find. Things that rent for less than a thousand a month. So it's just hard. I mean, the real estate values are just going up and up and up. So we're finding more luck getting people into Smith County or Trousdale County, this lower real estate values. So did that answer your question? So yeah, we've got some guys there. They're really, they were really happy December 1st. Like, yes, I'm glad to be back home. I'm like, no. <laughs> We're happy to see you. We love you, but we sure wish you'd get into housing. So, other questions? We got a one over here. Yes. 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 Hang on a second. If she's asking, what do we do year round? Yeah, the only reason we want the mic is because the video can hear you. If you're not, ah, the, the video can only hear the mic. So yeah, that's why we asked got it. That. But go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Ask it again for the video. Yeah. People online. Sounds like that movie. Ask me again. Ask me again. <laughs> um, year round. What does the the you do? Because you're speaking about the cold nights and everything. And then also, I, I have a question about. Um, uh, do you have uh, beauticians coming in and helping with the grooming and, and volunteers doing that as well? So, uh, so yes so to yes. that second one. Okay, yes. the second one. And then, yeah, do, uh, what, what does the ministry do year-round for the homeless? Yeah, so the beauticians, uh, we even have medical professionals that will come in. But it, that's more um, as volunteers say, I'll come in and do haircuts. I'll come in and do a, a spa night with the ladies. Uh, as volunteers... Uh, we've had chiropractors come in. I'll come in and do adjustments. We've had a podiatrist. I'll come in and uh, uh, examine people's feet. So as professionals have said, I'd like to donate my services, we always say, yes, let's get it on the calendar. Um, the uh, year-round services, I mean, God's given us a facility, so we're going to use it. And we've got all these churches. Like, if you wanted to bring a meal I'm, I'm sorry to say, I think we've got the whole winter filled by our local churches. So if you wanted to bring a meal one night this winter, uh, we would work you in um, just because we love to get new people involved. But it's like the churches of Wilson County love to serve. Um, so through the summer, we do the lunches, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's what we did this past summer. We would be open from 10 to 4 Tuesday when they could come in at 10, get a cup of coffee, 11 o'clock Bible study, 12 to 2 is lunch. Caseworkers are there where you can meet about getting a job, getting your ID, uh, getting a bus ticket um, for we would close down. Um, so, yes, yeah, from 10 to 4, especially through the hot summer days, we just want them to be able to come in. Um, so, yeah, we 
really, I guess I would say the year-round pieces were doing that hope. Just you want lunch, need to wash your clothes, need a shower. That's hope. Now, are you ready to take that next step? If, if they don't want to take the next step, there's nothing we can do. Like if somebody, they're happy living on the streets, they're happy staying drunk. Okay. I, I mean, I, we would love to offer you more. We can offer you more. But if that's how you want to live, I mean, you, you know people like that. You probably have family members like that, that they've made bad choices for years and years and years. And they just want to stay there. And until they're fed up with their situation, they're going to stay there. Doesn't matter how much you give them. So anyway, um, renewal, if when they're ready, we're ready to walk with them and help them. So yes, sir. Can you, can you describe how you interact with the county, um, uh, health county government? or oh. yeah, the, you know, the sheriff's office or different yes. functions of a normal county government to, yes. to support the. So we, we do every year get, um, grants from Lebanon city and Wilson County. Um, there, there's two to $5,000 grants that they give to a lot of nonprofits. Uh, we work a lot with law enforcement, um, county sheriffs and the two cities will, um, yeah, we'll, we, we, we called LPD last night because, um, I'm, I'm not really sure what happened, but something happened and they, uh, came and just helped us calm the situation down. We will, we, yeah, we're, we're connected with all the law enforcement, uh, very connected with, uh, health officials locally. Uh, we've got neighborhood health is just up the street from us. They've got free services where people, if they're on 10 care, they can be seen or if they're, um, just need help, they can be seen. Um, then we've got some other doctors around town who will help with that. Very partnered with the local schools. Uh, you know, those McKinney Vento leaders in the schools, we, we, we know them and work with them. Uh, we, we have one, when we got the grant, we were able to add a player to the team who her job is she's our resource manager and her job is to get to know all the resources in Wilson County. So, um, she goes out and she meets with Mount Juliet Help Center or New Leaf Shown Life or you name a nonprofit in Wilson County. She probably knows them. Like she, she is the source of truth of Wilson County resources. Um, and now everyone's Wilson.org. You guys remember there was Wilson, Daryl Crouch's ministry. Um, on his website, he has a resource page. Uh, that's our resource page. Mar- Marcy has developed and found all these resources. Everyone's Wilson post it and shares it. I mean, it's great. I mean, they've got a really good website. Ours is okay, uh, but they've got great web. We've got great resource. It's like, I mean, when it's like the kingdom. No church is going to be able to convert Wilson County by itself. We, we have to work together. Same in nonprofit world. Oh, homeless ministry. We are in so much over our head. We have to have this web of resources. Uh, yeah, mental health resources. We'll have mental health co-op come to our building once a week. We have Alice Strickland Counseling come to our building once a week. Uh, we cannot possibly do everything that needs to be done. We have uh, Goodwill comes and does job fairs at our building. So yeah, very connected with government aid resources, nonprofit resources, schools. Uh, we just just have to be. It's, it's a survival thing. So did you? You've mentioned food often. Do you have relationships and partnerships with the markets in the whole area directly? Or do you have to no. wait for others to go out and create that to get food? Because that's a daily Correct. experience. 
Yes, we we are not connected with the marketplaces because here's why. Uh, number one, there's a lot of great food pantries and food resources in Wilson County. Mount Juliet Help Center, Salt, Le- Lebanon has the Wilson County Resource Center, and we have hot meals every night. Like last night, there was a church that brought in a hot dinner. This morning, there was a church that brought in hot breakfast. So what we're doing is hot meals every night through the winter, um, several days through the summer. So we, we don't have storage for it, and we have so many churches and uh, nonprofits that are doing a great job on food. It's like, why we don't need to do food, but we, we can connect you with the food. So good question. One more. John, Howard. My question is, do you have connections with the Veterans Administration Absolutely. for hurting yes. veterans? Yes. Yes. So Sabrina C. is the Wilson County Veterans Services Officer. She's just a block away from us. Her office is. Sabrina C., she's the VSO for Wilson County. And then Operation Stand Down, they're at our site um, often, regularly. Uh, the American Job Center has some veteran specialists. So yes, absolutely. It, we love it when we, when we meet so, a homeless person who's a veteran because there are so many resources for veterans that I, our nation does not want to see a veteran on the streets. And there are so many resources. If, if we will just, if they say I'm a veteran, we're like, here you go. Talk to this, this, like we have a whole list of resources that are set aside for veterans. So great question. I'm gonna have to stop. We could we could talk all I could talk all day. For coming today you guys and ready for lunch. Thank you. About guys. compassionate hands. <clears throat> and I'm sure that after we're done, if you have other questions that you'd like to ask John, he'd be glad to answer them. I would I would and we are now going to receive an offering and give you an opportunity to be generous and sow into the ministry of compassionate hands. But also look at the material he has out in the foyer. And, uh, and just pray about where, uh, you might serve, uh, in, in this ministry. I mean, he, he did say something about music and singing and there's one or two of you that do that. And, uh, so that might be something that you want to look into doing at some, on some occasion. But, uh, but go to the website, uh, compassionatehandstn.com or org.org. CompassionateHandsTN.org, but also look at the material out in the lobby and just pray about that. And, uh, and if you hear of anybody looking for a place to support or a place to, to uh, donate to a nonprofit, send them to Compassionate Hands. Uh, because, uh, while the Lord has blessed them, we don't want to clog up the pipeline. The Lord told Abraham, He said, I'm going to bless you. So you can bless others. And I can tell you that if you don't bless others, you clog up the blessing pipeline. So let's keep that going.